It's me. I got a password. Life sucks. One word. Like Jack Bauer in season three, I'm happy to announce we're back on the horse. Uh, we should probably... It's been, what, like a year since we did one of these? Yeah. So, like, maybe over that. So we're going to have to go back through what 24 is. Well, to begin with, welcome to 24 Bauer party people. Um, either welcome back, or if you are jumping in, welcome, and we're sorry. We're... <laughs> We're just so sorry. It's the show where I get tortured by watching a show that sucks uh, for a long period of time. We attempt to delve into the neocon TV mindset of the early 2000s and attempt to, through the archaeology of fucked vibes, reconstruct quite how bad things were. Mm. Uh the premise of the show is a man named Jack Bauer. He runs from um, place to place in Los Angeles in real time across one day. And um, yeah, so each episode is an hour and it run- everything is run entirely in real time. Like as you see it, that's how he sees it. And he solves most problems with torture. Mm. Um, he, is, he is a counter-terrorist agent. He works for the CTU, the counter-terrorism unit. And a fictional ter- anti-terrorism agency, and mostly he shouts and tortures people. However, the, as you can probably imagine, given given that it's in real time, it becomes very silly very quickly. And as the show goes on, we're now in season five. It ran for nine seasons, so this is the uh, the halfway mark. Um, the program became less about exciting, thrilling war on terror and more about how can we make Jack Bauer personally be the most mentally tortured man alive. Yeah. We haven't, we, we haven't quite gone deep into that yet, but I, I, I assure you that by the end of this season, which is the... What do you mean? Like, but it, so season one was like somewhat like kind of semi-practical. It was, a, it was an assassination attempt on a senator. And uh, they killed his wife. At the, yeah, they, they... at the end of season one. Season two uh, was like a nuclear bomb go like is planted uh, by extremists in Los Angeles, uh, and, and it, they and then they. But it turns out that the uh, people in the government uh, want to effectively start the Iraq War. With and a... then they then and then they manage to call it off somehow. Mm-hmm. But they and then they kill his, or they at least. Pretend to kill his friend, the senator from the last, the last. Yeah, one. they they nearly. Season three, they get him hooked on heroin. <laughs> season four, it's just the silliest bullshit you've ever seen. Season four involves Jack Bauer being constantly outsmarted by a man named Habib Marwan, played by the Mummy from The Mummy. I, I love I I actually love Habib Marwan so much. If you're <laughs> he's so funny. If, if you're jumping on now, um, I I recommend give season four a listen uh, as we begin to imprint on the most impractical man in in terrorism. Uh, <laughs> I love him. I have tried to explain his plans in the years since, and nobody believes me that that's actually how the show is. It is like that. 
This is um, he, this is a man with wheels within wheels within wheels within wheels, hmm. but all of those wheels are in fact a distraction from because he's holding in the one hand where he's spinning all of these wheels. In the other, he's got a gun and yeah. he's behind you. <laughs> so much. So I guess like a couple of key characters. We have Jack's uh, Jack's daughter Kim, who um, is constantly imperiled. Um, her job is to get kidnapped um, and taken hostage a lot. Um, and I generally have a very bad day. In season two, she was famously attacked by a mountain lion. For no reason. And uh, then, just for fun. And then fell into a, a survivalist bunker. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of shit that she goes through mm. on a daily basis. Um, but, it, uh... but when she's kidnapped, Jack Bauer's efficiency increases by about 30 to 40%. Oh, yeah. No, he's very good at this. It's an like... incredible force multiplier. Yeah. Season one, she gets kidnapped at the ver- at the very beginning. But when she's in mortal peril at the very end, Jack Bauer solves the entire problem in about 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. So, like, the, uh, I guess the other ones, because Chloe, who's a, who is a very, I'm going to say, written, written by guys who didn't understand what autism was, but trying to, trying to write that kind of guy. The, imagine if Sheldon Cooper was a lady. yeah. Like, there you go. But but is a hacker. Yeah, she like, is the, uh, the the lady in the chair. And then you've got Tony and Michelle, who are uh, sort of Jack's like previous two bosses, I guess. Yeah. Like uh, at CTU, and uh, you've got we have, we have the aforementioned President David Palmer, who hmm. uh, now former President David Palmer. Uh, this show goes through presidents like oh, nobody's yeah. business. Um, yeah, and like he was assassinated at the end of season two, and then very rapidly unassassinated when when the writers realised how popular he was. Yeah, he got better. Yeah, he he like died, but he recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then who? And then yeah, I guess that's it. Actually, really, like I guess you got Buchanan, but he doesn't really count. He's like just sort of the latest revolving boss. Yeah, these are the headline people. Um, well, let's at the end of the last season. Uh, Jack Bauer may or may not have, and okay, he who's without sin cast the first stone, right? Mm. He stormed a Chinese consulate, uh, and the Chinese, the drama queens that they are, wanted him to face some kind of consequences for that. Yeah, like he 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 led a raid on a on a on an embassy. Was it consulate or an embassy? It was like I can't remember. It was it was bad either way. Yeah, and they were like. I'm not sure that we're okay with you doing that. And they sort of turned Jack Bauer in because he was the leader of the team. But like, he was sanctioned from higher up. But then they turned him in and you're supposed to be like, ooh, okay. But I do sort of believe that the Chinese might actually have a point here. Um, (laughs) This is very much a situation where um, legally, everyone at the time knew knew that it was wrong. But what, well, what President Palmer, who was... Even though at this point he was no longer president, he was still just kind of a guy that was hanging around. Uh, he, Tony, Chloe, and Jack, they all came up with a great plan. Uh, so they could make Jack get physically tortured mm. by the Chinese. Uh, they wanted to put him on a container ship and then you know, send him off to, to Siberia. Uh, but they could mentally torture him by making him fake his own death and then have to say goodbye to everyone he knows and loves, including his daughter. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, they did that. They, 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 they made him it. fake his own death. And uh, there were only a couple of people that knew about it. Um, and that was sort of the end of season season four as he walks off in some in some aviator glasses and looks cool. Uh, season five begins. Uh, 18 months have passed. Jack Bauer has gone as far away from Los Angeles as he possibly can, which is he is now in the town of Mojave, California, about 15 minutes outside Los Angeles. Mm. And he has settled in with, I think it's his landlady. Yeah. Like he's it... like renting a room from like a nice lady. And he's also, I, I, I think, He's working on the oil fields, yeah, he's and like, he's banging her. Yeah, and and there's and they have a they have a, a a son. Well, she has a son called Derek, who we instantly started calling Boy Kim. You can't present us a fifteen-year-old with long blonde hair, and he may be a bloke, but he is spiritually a Kim. Yeah, he he's so very much like. I mean, we we instantly just started calling him Boy Kim. Inst- there was no there was no like like we knew what was going to happen. Immediately telegraphed as this is the. This is the I peril, teenager. I mentally started a clock to when Boy Kim becomes kidnapped or taken hostage. You said that um, it would be four hours. Yeah, were... I said four episodes. But four episodes by the end of episode four, he will have been taken hostage, and uh, I think it will happen around episode four. Is what I said. Now, How I... wrong I was. <laughs> well, after we're introduced to them, we then see uh, former president David Palmer uh, also in LA. Every time this man has gone to LA, he has been attempted to be assassinated. Uh, for, well, he was nearly shot. And then he was he was poisoned. Yeah. Uh, and now he's back in LA. And he's like to Poirot, a, but sort of self-inflicted. Like he's inverse Poirot. Yeah, Everywhere like, he goes, people try to murder him. Yeah. Uh, so he's writing his memoirs uh, with his brother, Wayne. Always, always nice to meet him, to have a Wayne. Yeah. Uh, and then, from across the street, a guy who looks a bit like Willem Dafoe gives them a pretty great ending to the memoirs by just turning President Palmer's head into goo. Yeah, he snipes him. Ladies and gentlemen, we fucking got him. He's gone. Like, I hate this guy so much. So, like, uh, well done, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, like, President Palmer. Not fucking about this season. Yeah. Just, like... It just ends it. The cre- the credits barely have enough time to say special guest appearance by <laughs> yeah. by Dennis Dennis Haysbert before he's then having a sheet pulled over him. So, well, what in memoriam? What's what are his greatest hits? There's the time that he um, uh, he, he authorized he authorized torture. He was going to he explicitly threatened multiple presidents with bombing their civilians. Yeah, not uh, a great guy. He personally. Um, electrocuted one of oh, his... Oh, he own... electrocuted... He, he fibrillated a guy's head, yes. Y- yes, he said... He, the the head of the, the NSA. Yeah, the head of the NSA he repeatedly personally tortured in a side room of the White House. Yeah. Uh, so, RIP, rest in president. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, R-I-P-O-T-U-S. R-I- <laughs> sometimes the episode title just falls onto your lap like that. Uh, well... His successor, uh, not the, his immediate successor. Yeah, his immediate successor also died. Yeah, I his, his, his immediate successor looked like Joe Biden and then was shot down. Uh, uh, they, they shot down the they shot down the uh, Air Force One. Yeah, so and, uh, 
so we have the replacement, um, a man who we've taken to calling Wet Nixon. I call him Bitched Nixon. Yeah, he, um, he looks like Nixon, uh, talks like he has one of the slug things from Animorphs in his ear. Yeah, <laughs> he, he regularly freezes and sort of looks like cocks his head to the side and just sort of wordlessly, or, you know, not wordlessly, but talks like this with his eyes gazing into the distance. It's real fucking weird. It's a little like if the bug guy from Men in Black 1 somehow had a path to win the Electoral College. Hmm. Um, well, he yeah, he's president now. And, um, and he's very mad all the time. Uh, and he's about to agree an anti-terror treaty with uh, the president of Russia, whose name was uh, President Subarov. I... I I have been referring to him in my head the entire time as President Suck Me Off. And I've been referring to him as President Subaru. <laughs> what can I say? It, I may not enjoy his policies, but he's a reasonably priced four-door sedan. Yeah. He's and, a good rally car. Yeah. No, it's, he looks great with a rear spoiler. Um, I, I love a president who can live his life one quarter mile at a time. And he, in there with him are his two main aides. There's Mike, who we've seen before. He, For some reason... M- multiple white houses keep this guy around yeah he's like head of staff i assume yeah he's but like he's like head of staff so so i i do know i do sort of know why that's been because every single president that we've had so far has been a democrat i believe no because joe biden was running against yes but in the presidential primary no no joe biden was oh no you're right joe biden was yeah um Palmer was a Democrat. Yeah, Palmer was a Democrat, because he's the only one to have ever been stated of which, which uh, party he's yeah. on. Uh, his, then he had his opponent in season three, and then he just... He died, and his and his deputy... So Bitchard Nixon is a Republican, yeah. but they've, keep, they've kept Mike on as the head of staff. That is weird, actually. Uh, Mike is an incredibly shady guy. Uh, yeah, didn't he kill someone at one point? I'm pretty sure he pushed someone down the stairs at one point. Uh, she went into a coma, and then, okay. they, and then they never mentioned her again. Yes, okay. Uh, they, she's part of uh, what apparently the writers jokingly referred to as um, the farm upstate for characters they forgot to give an ending to. Mm. Like Beirut, whose conclusion of his, uh, the kid from last season. Yeah, and he just get, yeah, he just gets taken off by some other, some other guys and we never hear from him again. Yeah, they, delete, like, they deleted the scene. Where they find out what, where you find out what happened to him, and uh, they forgot to put it back in. Hmm. Uh, but along with Mike, we have uh, Walt Cummings, who in our notes is exclusively referred to as Cum Waltings. Uh, he's an aide who uh, instantly you realize that you know something's odd. Yeah, in part because given- there's always a guy on the phone and- in Twenty Four, um, and he is the guy on the phone immediately. Like, you, you see him and you go, all right, okay. Well, everyone in, on 24 is always on their phone. But there's, Jack, a guy, there's a guy sort of twirling their mustaches yeah. and being on the phone. Yeah. Jack Bauer, his best friend, was the president. They met face-to-face three times across the series. Twice was in season one, and the third time comes in, an hour into this when Jack Bauer sees the president's corpse. But we'll get to that. <laughs> This is a, this is a when show... you pointed this out to me, I was so amused. This is a show about people who know each other and are best friends, but have only ever spent time together on Discord calls. Yeah. <laughs> he's always on his dang phone. Yeah. It's like the only time he's ever spoken to him. Jack Bauer is the world's most dangerous, or probably top three most dangerous Discord mod. Yeah. 
I say, I say, <laughs> I say probably because I mean, you know, we know what some of them can be like. Hmm. Uh, so, anyway, the president gets fucking murked. Now we cut to Tony and Michelle. They're running a business. Yeah, they're running a, a security company, and they hear that the president's been shot. They're having a nice. They're retired from CTU. They've got married life. They run to the car. Yeah, Michelle goes, I'm going I'm going back to CTU. And I'm like, I don't think that's how security clearance works, but okay. She gets in the car and then there's a massive explosion and Tony goes outside and finds that the, her car has exploded. So he hugs her. Next to the car, which we, then explodes again. Yeah, uh, it kind of seems like he hugs her so hard that she explodes. <laughs> but at this point, I realised that they were doing... So, in season one, Palmer was sh- was going to be assassinated by being shot by a sniper. And then, I believe in season four... Right towards the end, it looks like Tony gets blown up in a car bomb. Yes. So, I'm like, are these guys just doing, like, literally the greatest hits? Like, they, they, they're putting out a hit list and going, just do it again. And Kim isn't around, so they've got the nearest blonde with a k sound in their name, Chloe, to, well, she's just been boning one of her colleagues, sort of secretly, and he goes to work alone, and then she hears the president has been has been shot, My former two of my former colleagues. And just, she goes, oh, what have we all got in common? Oh, we're the only people who know Jack Bauer is alive. But as she then takes on the greatest hits role of Kim a goon comes to try and kidnap her. Yeah. <laughs> so she runs and calls Jack and says, you've, you've got to come get me. No one's, no one's spoken to you for 18 months. Uh, hopefully you are within a 15 minute distance because you know, we're most of the way through the episode. Mm. Uh, like we're, you need to be getting here after the ad break. Yeah. Uh, we, we cut into... Now this is already one of the sillier subplots the first lady she's there at um where they're going to be having the summit which is in hidden valley Mm. uh, which is where the brotherhood of steel hang out in fallout new vegas (laughs) so uh i can only assume that this place is not safe if the bombs drop Uh, but then again we're only four episodes in you know and i don't really remember how this season ends this is the last full season that i finished because Four episodes of season six made me realize that I had to go into the rest of it with virgin eyes. Yeah. With Trim. Uh, The first lady is immediately telegraphed as being unstable because her bra is showing a little bit. Oh, yeah. And then she's having her makeup done for for like a speech and she just plunges her head into a bowl because she says she looks like a wedding cake, like into a bowl of water. She's like, start again. She's supposed to be going on stage in like a few minutes. But when... Uh, when she says that, um, when she finds out that Palmer was just killed, she says, "It's he called me last night, said he had a matter of national security to discuss because the president wasn't returning his calls. Yeah, the president was, yeah, the president was like, doesn't want to talk to him. So, but she's a friend of his, so. Uh, but she's unstable. Yeah, she's so ha- no one believes. And her. she's having an episode. So uh, we began a new name. Or uh, Richard Nixon, as he really starts to like, like slipping on an old and comfortable shoe, he assumes the role of President Gaslight. Yeah, he yeah he's not he's not a great husband. I'm gonna be honest. Like, yeah, um, 
Well, um, when Jack gets his call from Chloe, he instantly gets into a car and steals a helicopter. And, and who does he find hiding behind the helicopter? <laughs> well, hiding behind a random assortment of pipes is Boy Kim taking one of Girl Kim's signature moves of hiding behind <laughs> things in an alleyway. <laughs> he's following her. He's, fo- he's been following Jack to think, you know, I'm worried about my mum who you're presumably boning. Because he's been... This kid has seen through Jack from minute one. Oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, you, yeah, you were in Alaska for a while, man. No one goes there. Shut up. Yeah, no, I, I actually spoke to a guy that was on the oil rig you said you were on. He said he didn't know anyone there named Frank. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Jack, well, he continues to steal a helicopter, but bafflingly decides to take Boy Kim with him. Yeah, I think because he doesn't want him to call the police. Um, but, like, yeah, so so... Technically, Boy Kim kidnapped within within the first episode. Yeah, like, but it, it doesn't really count if... It doesn't count, I think, super if it's Jack doing it. Yeah, it does feel like Jack is doing it to imperil this child because he knows he gets the force multiplier. <laughs> Boy I Kim, don't think it's self-stacking. Like, Boy Kim even asks him, are you kidnapping me? And Jack says, no, while they're in a helicopter and he has a gun. Can I go then? No. <laughs> uh, they... They land, he rescues Chloe, and uh, they they manage to just get the hitmen that were uh, that were going after her. Although Chloe has some incredible strats of getting away, like running towards an escalator and then just running into the bushes beside it. And then you know when, you know when you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you run towards some stairs, and then you feel like the game get a bit of magnetism to stop you from running off it. Mm. Yeah, the hitman just gets on the escalator and just keeps going up it. <laughs> so she runs away, but the hitmen catch her as they realize that they were they were tracking her, knowing that she would bring Jack out of hiding. Mm. And when they kill yeah. the Jack, like throws like a bunch of road like uh, like smoke and stuff from the rescue pack in the helicopter, um, which the helicopter is like the blades are still spinning, so the smoke, I presume, would have just been blown away immediately. But, like, they, they, you know, he gets to go, like, be, like, smoke predator for a bit. He, like, kills a guy with a knife, uh, and then, like, sh- like shoots some other guys in the car, with, and, you know. And uh, Chloe shoots Willem Dafoe, uh, but while he's dying, he says Palmer was their main target, and everyone else was a distraction to, just to make it look like Jack Bauer did it. Yeah, just for fun. Yeah, and so then, and he's like, "Oh, and now can you take me to a hospital?" And then Jack kills him. Yeah, Bam. Jack says, "I will take you to a hospital if you give me the information," and then shoots him in the head as soon because he, he realizes that it's the guy that killed his his mate Palmer, who he's met twice. So Jack Bauer kills an unarmed, wounded prisoner in cold blood to round off episode one. Mm. We're back and we're hot. Mm. Uh, now episode two begins with, um. One of uh, Chloe's co-workers at CTU uh, is a man named Edgar. Uh, in season four, we were very torn because on the one hand, Edgar is our boy. Yeah, he's like Big the Cat. Yeah, he, he speaks like he's Big the Cat. Um, and he kind of looks a bit like Big the Cat. He's really like... The fact that he is uh, like a pro-computer hacker in... Like a in like a, a secret alphabet government agency, that feels 
kind of incongruous. It, like naturally, if if everything was tending to the path of least resistance, he'd be he'd be fishing for Froggy. Yeah, yeah. he's a, like a, like he seems like completely like harmless dude. But then he did once go and torture somebody uh, because his mother was dying of radiation. Yeah, so we we're torn on Edgar being the boy and also a man who needs to just simmer down. Yeah. Edgar is at a seven, and we need him at a three. Mm. Uh, well, he zoom and enhances the CCTV from uh, the building opposite where Palmer was shot, and there's a deep fake of Jack Bauer. Yeah, uh, which I yeah at this at this point in time that would have been hugely impressive. Yeah. Ooh. So now that CTU think Jack Bauer is alive and did it, and Jack he knows from Willem Dafoe that he's being set up, and so he decides to do the thing that makes him look least guilty in the world. He returns to the scene of the crime. Yeah, I, I still don't really understand why he does this. Like, he he has Chloe and Boy Kim in tow, and they go to Palmer's apartment building and, and just sort of hang out in the basement. And Chloe hacks the transponders of all of the secret service and fbi guys yeah there. now and they get like a map with like dots where they all are mm-hmm. there's like there's 25 of them in the apartment why the fuck are all the secret service agents wearing like black boxes but then you realized it's because they're so sick of jack bauer going off and doing his own thing that yeah just... in this universe jack bauer has inspired a law where they make all of the like all of the all of the specialist agents for this shit wear transponders so they can't do this. Yeah, so they, they have a black box. It's it's universal. And, and now whenever there's a whenever one of them gets killed, their widows are just are weeping, saying, why don't they make the whole agent out of the black box? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing here is that Jack manages to get into the building by playing Hitman, which is something that he loves doing. An FBI guy is getting something out of the boot of his car and Jack Bauer goes up to him and he's like, hey, I, uh, I, I, I live in this building. What's, what's going on? And the FBI guy responds by not saying, hey, aren't you that guy that we saw on the news a few years ago who died in that nuke blast outside? outside More of importantly than that, hey, aren't you that guy that we're looking for and is the number one suspect that oh, we should really be having our eyes open for at this point? Well, I, see, I don't think they know to look for him just yet i don't think that's been communicated no they do they do they definitely do and i'll tell you and i and i will point out why once you get in they 100 percent know it's jack this is the suspect and i and i because so well either way i'll point out how i know once we get to that point in the episode so he gets in and by he then just whams the fbi guy and he falls down behind a car jack just kind of bends down and a few seconds later stands back up wearing his clothes. Yeah, like the FBI windbreaker um, and his stupid sunglasses that he was wearing anyway. And uh, this is supposed to be like a disguise, but the problem is that everyone there would know what he looks like. He is the number one suspect. And also the only thing that's really changed is that like he's wearing a windbreaker that has FBI on the back rather than CTU. Like, normally that's what he would look like to these people, where they'd know him from, you know? In, in the end, we settled on um, how he's... A- he goes up to the penthouse and is walking around. And yeah, we settled on that... You know how Charlie Chaplin and like, Dolly Parton and other people like that have all 
lost lookalike contests of themselves. Yeah. And it's how if you dress up as yourself, you, you, somehow it doesn't really look like you. Hmm. And so uh, everyone there just looks at him like he's a really poor taste cosplayer. Yeah, like, come on, man. He gets into David Palmer's office and starts like looking through his files. And it's like, there's only one that's encrypted. And oh, we yeah. look at it. It's not encrypted. It's written fuck it. It's written in Japanese. It's katakana. Yeah, it's, like I immediately recognized it. It's Palmer's memoirs. Because Jack's there looking through the memoirs for clues. And he's and, like, there's only one encrypted. And yeah. like I think we're supposed to just, like see that and like be like, oh, that's like nonsense computer language. But no, it's Japanese. Like yeah, so I guess it, they just didn't have any fun fonts on the computer. In in the last 18 months, uh, Palmer had gotten really into anime. Yeah, he's just he's just typing it out in that because he's he can. Yeah, like, he's learning. Duolingo hadn't been around at the time, so like he's got to learn somehow. Yeah, all, all of his memoirs, he's he's, he's typing it out. It's uh, it, uh, hey, you've got to keep your mind busy after yeah. you leave office. And uh, anyway, do you know how I know that they know that Jack is the suspect? Go on, because Wayne Palmer fucking walks in, and Jack points a gun at him, and Wayne's first words are, "You son of a bitch, you killed my brother." So if he knows. The FBI agents in the apartment know. You know what? Yeah, I thought Wayne was just jumping to conclusions based on the fact that Jack Bauer was pointing a gun at him. But I think if Jack Bauer was pointing a gun at me, I think that's like, you know, a dog sniffing your ass. It's, if, if it's I, how they say hello. If like, He knows Jack, right? So if the, his first words would not be, you, kill, you killed my brother, it would be, how the fuck are you alive? I'm so glad you're here and on this case. Yeah. Um, but then Jack says, I promise, and gives him the gun. Yeah, I promise I didn't kill your kill him. I'm being set up. Here's my gun. Uh, and Wayne just takes that at his word, and they start going through the memoirs together. Yeah. They just start like, hanging. All right. Um, and they find the they, they find the chapter where uh, Palmer was talking about all the anime that he'd been mm. watching. Yeah, and he's like, and at the end of it, he's like, they they find a printout, and then the one that's encrypted, uh, which is written in Japanese. Um, and they, they translate it, they de-encrypt it, by which, I mean, I guess they put it through Google Translate. And um, and they're like, okay, fine, compare the, compare the version there to this printout. What? And I guess it just says, I really enjoy One Piece. And also, uh, there is a baggage handler by this name at this airport. Is it Wayne? What's this? I think he must have known that he was about to be killed. What's this? Wayne just rolls his eyes and explains to Jack Bauer what a death note is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was the, the, the they compare it for differences, and it's just uh, like some dude's name who's a baggage handler at an airport. Uh, the name is Chavensky, uh, which is which we only remember um, because of a very silly scene uh, later. Uh, they then so Jack decides to to sneak out and leave, and does so by getting Chloe to just drive the van straight at the cops, who say, "Don't shoot, we need him alive." Yeah, because by this point, I think Edgar has realised that Chloe is logged in, tracking all of the agents. Yeah, so they know, so that, they Chloe's know that Chloe's there, and they're like, okay, well, she wouldn't do that unless she was under duress, so Jack must be there too, so they, they go and look, they go find the van, and they assume Jack's there. But by this point, Jack has just got back to the van. So she drives around, and he just sort of leaves. Yeah, so they chase her, and then he sneaks away. And bafflingly takes Boy Kim yeah, with him. I really, really, really do not understand this one because w- why? Like, he... I assume maybe he didn't want to put Boy Kim in an, in a van that they might have shot at. But he's going to an airport 
but, Ontario Airport in LA. Confusingly named airport. Uh, um, and he there he um, so he he hands the child back to its mother. Oh, that's why. That is why because he said to, that he was going to give like he gets the mother to drive to LA. Mm-hmm. And he was going to hand the kid back to her specifically so that he wouldn't be involved. I guess that's why. But you could also just not like, take him with you or, yeah. or let him out before you get to the bit that you know is your next clue. To I, I, Yeah, it must be that it was because he said he would give him, like, give, uh, like, Derek, boy Kim back to back to the mother. But also, you made a point that if I was Jack in this situation and I was desperately trying to prove that I had not shot David Palmer... What I would do is release the dude who, five minutes after the assassination of David Palmer, was having breakfast with me. And Jack also was standing in front of like a dozen other dudes and like a, an oil foreman who explicitly spoke to him by name. Yeah, like, or, or like by his fake name, yeah. but like still, like he has like a, a load of people, like a load of alibis, and they and like very much the one that I had with me would be the one that I, I was like, here, go and go and talk to these nice cops. Like, but uh, while well, like he'll be safer that way as well because he's he's being like chased. He's like a manhunt out for him. But now he tells them to go to CTU, the one most exploded location in LA, <laughs> the most dangerous place in the world to be. Uh, but he he sends them there. Well, uh, while while all this is happening, uh, we occasionally see a sinister man in a room with screens on the phone, uh, calling up like a. a he calls up uh, the. Uh, he comes. He calls up Cum Waltings, mm, the uh, president's the president's number three guy. And uh, he, you know, he's also calling up a van full of terrorists, who are saying, "Yep, we're ready to do this thing in an hour." And what else is happening in this hour? The Russian president Subaru is landing at Hidden Valley, and everyone's talking about how there's going to be, you know. There's a danger of an attack, you know, there's a huge threat. Mm. And everyone's tense, and you see the, the guys in the van with guns. Like, and, oh no, they're going to blow up the helicopter as he lands. And, and they're, they're, they're just watching to see if the helicopter blows up on the monitors, yeah. which I found very funny. They're just like, they don't say anything. They're just like, God, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, because the, the president thinks it would be too embarrassing to have the, the Russian president turn up in a limo rather than a helicopter. Yeah, like, so I think a theme here that was being established is that the president is like, He's not willing to ever cooperate with CTU because he sees them as a bit of an annoyance, but he's also like really annoyed when they don't tell him things. Yeah, he's he's desperately weak as well and needs everything possible to make him look as good as possible. Yeah, he's um. He... So he's not willing to do anything sensible, but he's always he's also mad if they do anything else. Like, but as we see Subaru land and everything's fine, Jack goes into the. Oh, he goes into the airport and he finds... Yeah, he hands uh, Boy Kim off to the mother, says, go to CTU, and then he just... He, he finds the baggage handler, and as he sees the baggage handler, we, the baggage handler, like, his voice, his mouth falls open as Jack Bauer says his name, and you know, we see his name on a name tag. So it seems like... Um, uh, I've already forgotten his name, even though I said it one minute ago. Uh, Chavensky. Hmm. It seems like Chavensky just saw Jack Bauer come into his office and reflexively said his own name like Bulbasaur. <laughs> Get down on the ground, Chavensky, Chavensky. <laughs> yeah, Jack is like, like, and then like all the terrorists like pile out of the van and go in. But like, 
as they pile out of the van... Because they're, they're, they're at the airport. Yeah, they're at the airport. Ooh. Like, Boy Kim is in the car with his mum going, those guys are going into an airport with a lot of bags. That's suspicious. I better warn Jack Bauer. So he, he runs in. Um, the van blows up. In the confusion, Javensky... Um, he has like he has the like the gum that kills you instantly. Yeah, he like takes a stick of gum out of his pocket and chews it while Jack isn't looking, and then and Jack's like you. And Jack turns around, he's looking a little bit poisoned. So he's like, "You son of a bitch!" Like goes to like open his mouth like you would with a dog. I, I was about to say, like, drop it, it, it drop exa- it. It's exactly like when a small dog is eating something. It's like, what have you got there? <laughs> like Travinsky scampers into the other room and he's like, "No, no, 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 no!" <laughs> uh, but then the the terrorists they start firing and they tell everyone to get down on the ground just as the episode ends, meaning that Boy Kim got taken hostage less than two hours after... Now, yeah. I, I'm willing to say, when President Palmer was killed, Jack Bauer was reborn. Mm. And so Within two hours. Of Jack Bauer his... entering his life. Like, Frank left, Jack entered, and already he's uh, being held in an airport hostage siege. Yeah. And by this point, yeah, like he he's like just about worked out this guy isn't just a weirdo, like he is like a counter terrorist yeah. agent. He's probably like on like the goodies side. Yeah. But like <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite wor- worrying. Uh, um and uh, the president plays the recording of uh Oh yeah, he's got an audio recording of Palmer's call to his wife. Uh which he plays to her and Palmer it you know that um Simpsons bit where I saw her sitting on her sweet, sweet can, and yeah. I had to touch the sweet, sweet can. Uh, it was, hello, Martha. I need to speak to you. It's hardly a matter of national security. <laughs> and he's like, you must have, you must have misheard, her, misheard yeah. him because, or misremembered him because you're not taking your meds. Uh, you're not taking the meds that stopped you being like being difficult. Yeah, they don't really specify. She's. Having an episode, I think. It, like, yeah, they don't really say what the. I think she's supposed to be like maybe like. I think bipolar. Very anxious or like yeah. Like, I think she's meant to be, have bipolar, but it really comes across as her just having woman trouble. Yeah, like like it, it really is like she's very annoying her. Like that's kind of like the way they phrase it. Yeah, it's, like everyone treats her like she's a, like a big annoying kid. Like it's really it's it's not great. Yeah, um, this subplot I remember it lasts a while. Okay, cool. Uh, so. President Gaslight begins gaslighting. Jack, he goes into his comfort zone. Uh, his comfort zone is a vent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he loves those. He climbs up in a vent, calls CTU, um, says, by the way, I'm alive. They say, we know, you killed the president. And he's like... No, no, you're about, you're about an hour behind. Did, not Chloe, did Chloe not tell you at this point that like I didn't do that shit? And they're like, well, we've, we've just arrested Chloe. But we think she might have helped you kill the president. And then she says, I can help you identify the terrorists at the airport. And they go, oh, okay. All right, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. And at, at this point, like, they're like, okay, Jack probably didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, he says... <laughs> they're like, all right. He says Palmer knew about the attack because he, you know, he had the address and the name of someone involved. Now, uh, if I were CTU, I would be going, so we've just caught you fleeing the scene of where David Palmer has been killed now you're telling me you're at the scene of this this attack on an airport and you want us to trust you yes like you are now way more suspicious than than you were before like you have been telling everyone that you're dead for 18 months um and 
the last time we saw you, you were still dealing with having been addicted to heroin. Also, the the government signed off his execution. If anyone, like, so all of his press stuff about being like an anti-terrorist, right? Like, if if that was not a motivation to start lashing out at the US government, I don't know what the fuck is. Like, he should be Sean Bean in Goldeneye right now. Yeah, like, if if I was Buchanan, who is like the one receiving this call, I'd be like, oh fuck, we fucked up. We like we forced this guy to the other side. Yeah, I, I'd go. Well, it, this is. I suppose this is you know the sins of our past coming back to haunt us. Uh, everyone, we have a gun under our desk with one bullet each. That's. He's gonna have so many. Fr- everyone, start start hitting yourself over the head with frying pans slightly so that you can yeah. you can deal with that when he turns up. It'll, it's gonna become immune to the frying pan. No, ju- just accept that it's going to happen. He's going to come in here with a hacksaw. <laughs> like he's, he's still got the one he took from season two. He's gonna. Uh, it's it's just like they don't question at any point that maybe actually this guy might be like they're just like oh okay like. I, I still don't really understand why they suddenly just dismiss Jack Bauer as a suspect. Trin, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, I, I actually haven't, but I'm trying to get into uh, it. When sometimes the DM might introduce you to a new NPC, and everyone will think that they're a threat. Mm. And after a while, if it's getting in the way of actually any of the plot, uh, the DM might just go, "Look, what's your passive insight?" Okay, you you recognize the guy's not a threat. You recognize that he's telling you the truth. He's being genuine. Okay, like it. It feels <sighs> like it. It feels like that. It, it really does. Like the, the writers. Like, oh, how would how would they how would they like Jack wouldn't do this. It's like I think he might though, and you might have a, a strong motivation for him to do so. But never mind. He's, okay, he's, he's in. He's there. He's in event. He's watching the terrorists take hostage. They've got bomb vests. He sends he sends pictures from his phone, and they identify them as being. Uh, well, they they vaguely specify it as being from one of the Russian breakaway republics. Yeah. Uh, so from the studio that bought you uh, that brought you three Middle Eastern countries, we have one of the republics. And so they start broadcasting live saying if if they sign this anti-terrorism agreement with Russia, we're going to kill all of these people for the glory of uh. our region, which we all know. Well, we that famous region we all know and love, a region that needs no introduction. Uh, so they they do start killing hostages uh, at about the same time that CTU turn up, led by Curtis. Yeah, he, Curtis. Curtis is like fairly decent at his job. Yeah, he's like, he's a CTU agent who doesn't suck. Yeah, I mean he sucks by virtue of working for CTU, but um, he's he he's not a doofus. Yeah, he's generally quite sensible. Yeah, from what I remember, I could be completely wrong about this. So after they shoot a guy, they randomly select from the entire crowd of people the next person. And this is how we know that boy Kim has taken on the role of Kim. Oh, yeah. The arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards putting Kim, Kim's in danger. Mm. Uh, So they select him. And Jack instantly, uh, CTU says, now... Don't engage. This is you know, you're going to blow up. You're going to blow the whole thing. They say, but, but the terrorists are like. He's like, they're going to kill him in 15 minutes. That's like right before the next next ad break. Yeah. Like, uh, so Jack gets Chloe to wait. Backtrace the hacto frequency of the bomb vests, which are remotely detonated, because the terrorists are wearing them. 
some of them are standing next to the terrorists. I'm uh, standing next to the hostages. Uh, but just as they're like three seconds away from shooting Boy Kim, uh, they get the, the frequency. So Jack just randomly blows one of them up when yeah. he, who's going off to like check the perimeter. Yeah. So they have so the vests are wired so that um, the guy in charge can detonate them remotely in case they get cold feet. I think is the point. Yeah. So like they have a mobile phone frequency, so he can detonate that. They find that and blow up. Jack just blows one of them up. But it's like, absolutely, luckily not one of the ones near the hostages. Absolutely the funniest way of doing it, too. The, the guy sort of wanders off, goes around a corner, and then you just see an explosion from around the corner and, like, <laughs> debris and a shoe go flying back the yeah. other way. And at this point, uh, like, the president calls up CTU and he's like, what the fuck is going on? The news is saying there's, there's an explosion. And Buchanan's like, and we think our man on the inside uh, has... Um, we think we think he detonated one of the vests. Also, just so you know, the man on the inside is Jack Bauer, and the president's like, "Why did you not say this earlier?" It's like, well, because every time we tell you things, you tell us not to do things. <laughs> it's like if if we give you the information needed to make a decision, you might make a decision that isn't the one that we're we've already made. So it's much easier for us. Like, but also, the last time I spoke to you was an hour ago. What do you want from me? <laughs> like and. Uh, as soon as they know about this, it's a, a. I think they've literally known it's Jack for like five minutes or so by that point. No. Oh, oh no, no, maybe, no, oh, no, maybe, a, bit, as, maybe a bit longer. As soon as the president finds out about this, come Waltings goes into the other into the other room. He's like, uh, "Excuse me for one moment," and calls up his boss. It's like, uh, "Yeah, Jack Bauer's in there. Um, he has a boy Kim. We've got a boy Kim scenario. We've got a BKS. Uh, do with that as you will." <laughs> they just get on the tunnel and they're like, Jack Bauer, we've got come on down. <laughs> we we have we we have Kim and Jack's frantically looking around. Sorry, we have boy Kim and Jack. Oh, oh that one. Sorry. You gotta you gotta specify with these men. Uh and so they, they give him they give him up. Uh, yeah, like he comes out of the vent and he's like but he's down there within like seconds. He he unvents. Yeah. That that's how they know that he's Jack Bauer. <laughs> He comes out of a vent. <laughs> what, what's the Russian for sus? He, he literally does unvent. <laughs> yeah, he was he, he was hiding sort of by electrical. For fuck's sake. Um, yeah, oh my god. And because when one of the terrorists blows up, um, the head terrorist, Baresh, calls an emergency meeting. <laughs> oh my god, he does! It's always among us in this goddamn show. Uh, at Hidden Valley, though, um, the wacky first lady, we find that she is, however, being protected by our favourite Secret Service agent. Oh, Agent a- Hog. Agent Aaron Pierce, the man who is a hog, looks kind of like a dog. I love him, actually. Yeah, he's a guy that the writers keep putting back in just because you got to love him. Like, he appeared and I was like, isn't he Aaron? And I was like, like, sort of Mystic Meg, like, on my, like, temples, just being like, I'm getting Aaron Pierce. And Sam was genuinely, like, amazed that I'd remembered the name. You could barely remember Jack Bauer's name. Yeah, but yeah. Aaron, Aaron Pierce, you summoned up. Like, <laughs> like immediately, like... Uh, it was... It was it was almost beautiful. I, I genuinely like I did the whole utopia thing where I was like, there is a theory that says you know this agent's name. Yeah, your memory it it's somewhere in your memory, and I'm gonna keep making you watch twenty four until you understand. <laughs> um so the first lady walks into a into a bathroom uh, where a guy is 
mid piss because she wants uh, she knows that the president is uh, old fashioned and along with all of his phone calls he gets written transcripts at the same time which is very convenient mm. uh, and she wants to get into the restricted area and she wants his key card and he says no, no. and so she gets her bra out like uh, starts like pulling her stockings down and to make so, herself look a bit bedraggled. And says, I'm going to scream so loud in three seconds. And Cis women can do this on camera, and it can look like sympathetic and like a good thing. Uh, which makes me quite grumpy, I think. Especially after she has walked into the wrong uh, bathroom. And... They, 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 yeah. Well, they, they, the other thing of, being... of, of all of the politics of this show, we didn't realise that this would be something that would accidentally it, it would accidentally stumble onto a hot button that it hadn't even noticed. Yeah. It tries to be every hot button. Or maybe maybe they just like they're so into hot button politics. They They're just sort of scattering them around. No, they create just to see. They created a hot button out of whole cloth. Nah. I I, I so the thing about this for me, right? Maybe or, or maybe they there were things that they thought might be become hot buttons in the future. Like they thought like mountain lion well, politics. I mean, so I think like th- this to that, me one, reads, that, one, that one was a bust. You know what this, this one's one, right on the money. You know what this one reads to me like women be crazy and often making up sexual assaults. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Uh, but also, like even if you take the show at its word, right? And this woman is like is you know everyone in the fucking White House hates this woman and knows that she does this kind of thing. So. The guy hands his keycard over, but I'm sat there going, like, why, man? Like, you would just literally be able to get away with this. You just say, like, she came in here, did this, and did this. And everyone would believe him. Yeah. Like, but, but the reason... that So the only reason that this makes sense is that the writers genuinely were like, women be doing this. Uh, first ladies... And people always be believing them. First ladies do, in fact, be shopping. But like, that. that's... I, it's, which, thinking about it, now I've just said it. That's even grosser than like the way it made me feel to begin with. Like this might be the first like think about the uh, first thing in this in this season that they've written that I've gone like, oh god, that's yeah on multiple that, levels. I, this is about like an amnesty with a villain. Yeah, she's like, I can ruin your life by making a false sexual assault allegation. It's like, oh, this is weird. Uh, but she uses the key card and gets the um and gets the, the transcript and hides it in her incredibly pro- plot-relevant bra. Yeah. She loves doing this. Yeah. Um, and the First Lady is played by Jean Smart, who is a, a very good actress. She's been in a number of really good things. Um, if you saw the, the Watchmen series. Um, I... Hello. He has. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> any, any Watchmen fans in the in the street outside, give us a honk. Um, yeah, she's, she's very good in that. It's one of the most moving scenes involving a blue dildo I've ever noticed. Oh. Uh, it, <laughs> you haven't been watching enough of my content recently. <laughs> uh, well, the, <laughs> carry on. I, yeah, it, it moved me to uh, to a different room. Uh, well, back at the that brings us to the end of hour three, as Jack is like on his knees, surrounded by terrorists. How is he going to get out of this one? And the answer is by the terrorists really not picking up on some pretty obvious social cues. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. They, the, the terrorists call CTU, put Jack on the phone, and they can go, um, yeah, they've actually, they've all moved. Don't- yeah, they com- they're coming in with an assault team in like, just before the thing is signed, the, the accord is signed, so that like, 
because the terrorists are like, if you sign that fucking bit of paper, we're going to execute everyone in here. But also, every 15 minutes, we're going to execute one. So come on, hurry up. Come yeah. on, chop, chop. And the uh, and President Gaslight is going, well, I won't have anything undermine the glory of this day. So, yeah, yeah they're like, the assault team is about to come in and Jack's like, no, 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 go through the other way. Um, uh, like, uh, we're, they're, they're very, I'm in a flank two position. Which is, but he, he says. And then he goes, I'm, I'm going to say that again, slower so that you understand. I'm in a flank two position. It's so conspicuous. And you get a reaction shot of Baresh looking at him. Baresh the head terrorist. But just looking at him completely blankly. My my favorite part about this is just before this, um, uh, Buchanan says something about uh, where are we at with the HRT deployment, um, yes. and, and I was like, this is so, like, and then the scene where Jack's going like, I'm in a I'm in a flank two position, like he might have been as well have been saying like, it's all the HRT they're putting in here, like <laughs> uh, they're putting me in a duress, I'm under duress, like it's like it's it's so clearly a duress code, yeah, like and. As an audience member, you're watching it, and just Baresh looking at it serenely, just like, hmm, I'm, that's a normal thing for him to say. It's normal. Yeah. Like, I that's can, a normal tactical position to call out. I can see no reason why him giving what sounds like very specific, legitimate tactical instructions uh, could backfire on us. Hmm. And then you see inside CTU, and they're like, well, I'm glad that he's told us exactly about his position, and twice. Yeah, that's nice. Meanwhile, fucking Samwise Gamgee has turned up. Now, we've said that District is the afterlife, because anytime somebody transfers to District, they die. Yeah, they just never come back. Uh, so, here from the undying lands to the west, Samwise Gamgee has transferred in to take control of deploying HRT. Yeah, it's the same actor. And, and it genuinely, when he came on, scre- on screen, I screamed and like jumped. Because I was so not expecting him to be there. Like, genuinely, like, I got jump-scared by the actor that plays Samwise Gamgee yeah, appearing Sean, in 24. Yeah, Sean Astin, he turns up, uh, he says, like, hello, behind Chloe. She turns around, and he's just there. <laughs> I, I, I got jump-scared. Like, they should, I was not expecting him. That was, like, the least likely person to appear on this show, I think, for me. They, they should have had, like, horror movie strings, like... <laughs> uh, and instantly, Bill Buchanan, the head of CTU... Uh, Samwise, he immediately just uh, asserts dominance. He's like, I'm going to need you to. I'm going to need to use your office. Is that okay? And he's like, yes. And then smelling blood in the water, and he's like, and around other people, I need you to call me Mister Gamgee. He's like, he's like, it's like, um, you ever seen like two tops, like, and they're trying to like battle it out a bit. It's like I'm going to need you to call me sir. Actually, it's yeah. like. Like you need to call me daddy. Like that's how it. That's how it is. He's like, I'd rather not do that. <laughs> Sam Samwise Gamgee. He walks straight into Bill's office and he says, "Hello, kitten." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, if Jack is the Discord mod, he's like the owner of the Discord server. He's the guy. That, either that, or he's the guy that gets told, you know, keep that shit out of general. <laughs> um, now, uh, his job seems to be that he turns up and goes for a while. It like his job is essentially make sure that you slow down every single bit of tactical decision-making you're doing so that I can also have a look at it. Yeah. Um, because I don't trust any of you fucking clowns. Uh, and because he's a character that we haven't met yet, it's like um, 
if you're watching a, a cop show and then the FBI come in to take over the case, you're like, yeah, it's exactly that kind of like, tone. The, I, I hate these FBI. But if you're watching a show about the FBI and they move in to like take over these dumb Hicks case, you're like, oh, these dumb like local jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's sort of played for like, God, this guy's fucking annoying. He's turning up and slowing everything down. But then, like, as as the assault team are about to come in and they're counting down. They have, he, a, they have a minute long countdown. Yeah, timer. For, for the for the charges to blow their way in. And all the terrorists are like now like aimed directly at where they're going to come through the wall. Um yeah. Gamji goes, What what's this about flank two? Yeah, uh, he's like, stop, stop, stop. That's like an old duress code. Like, you don't use it now, but 18 months ago, Jack did. Uh, like, that was the code back then. And I have some things about this, because when he says Jack said he was in a flank two position, Buchanan goes, but that's just telling us where he is. Meaning that flank two actually means something. Either like, there's a tactical meaningfulness to saying that you're in a flank two position. Either that, or it's a tactical sounding thing that's made up Bill doesn't know what he's talking about and has forgotten all of the codes from 18 months ago. Like, like that, plus also, like, I, I don't know, there's something to me that's like, like, he would just go, that's nonsense. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, there's, I, I, there's I genuinely no sensible... think, like, that flank two must mean something. But if so, because otherwise they would go, well, that's a bit of a weird, like, like, even if it's not a duress code, it sounds weird. So maybe he's trying to say like, something. Either C- I'm flanked by two guys. Like, yeah. Either there's three options. Either CTU is stupid because they've given their duress code the same name as a valid tactical position. Yeah, meaning or, you or know. two, CTU is stupid because it hires people that don't recognize made-up sounding things and uh, and forgotten duress codes. Or three, CTU is stupid because it's a made-up t- uh, tactical thing, but everyone present doesn't know it's made up, but doesn't want to be the person to be like, I've never heard of that. Yeah. So everyone's going along just being like, well, Oh, very, yeah, very, very wise. This Jack guy knows his stuff. I kind of wish Wikipedia wasn't blocked in CTU headquarters so I could look up what the fuck that is. Uh, also, can I say, like, I want to say something about the position. That, so this airport... Airport. If you think of an airport terminal, listeners, um, this is a small airport terminal. A lot of glass around the outside of this airport terminal. A lot of uh, a lot of ways that you can see in, and they're not in like like deep into it. You can look out and see like the runway this is and a wh- bunch of other stuff. This is where you'd be sitting, looking up at the screen for your gates. Yeah, like there are so many fucking ways that they could have eyes on the inside. Not only the eyes on the inside, all four of the, the guys with the, the bomb vests are surrounding the hostages. And the leader, like Baresh, keeps wandering around to talk to the hostages. So, literally, they don't need the assault team. Like, they could have, like, you know, you could do it with five snipers. But if you really wanted to be really careful, you could do it with, you could do it with ten. You know, like, yeah. like you, you don't know that they're using dead man switches. I guess they're, like, trying to be careful with that, but also their existing plan is to go in and shoot all the guys with the bomb vests, so that's already off the table. Yeah. So, like, going on the assumptions that they have, you could do this so much easier just by having snipers on the runway or the building opposite or all of the other things that we can see that they can see into the terminal with, that, and they just never consider looking. Now, the terrorists did have a cool thing, uh, which is they sealed the doors by having these two big vacuum suckers Oh yeah, they have little buttons that they push to make it like suck more. But between the two suckers, they have a chain. 
Yeah. So they put it on a, on a door where all you have to then do is shoot the frosted glass out of the door and then it, and it would open. Yeah. But the device itself is very cool. Yeah. And, and like they spray painted all the cameras and stuff. But like it's like th- that makes it even stupider. They spray paint all the cameras, but you can literally see into the terminal mm. from outside. This about halfway through this episode. That They're really lucky that like just no one has ever thought to look. Yeah, at about um halfway through this episode, this became like overwhelming for Trin. Yeah, it was so like I, I once I'd seen it a- and I, I I couldn't unsee it. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I had to agree. Uh it, they with like two seconds to go before the door blasts, they uh, actually decide to check what flank two means, realize it's a duress code, and then they call Jack up again and like, hey, yeah, um, everything okay with that? Wanted wanted to kind of double check. Uh, sorry, our detonators aren't working. Um, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, the de- like the detonator. We have failed. Fail, failure with the detonator, it'll be another minute so that the terrorists go back into position, yeah. basically. And he says, yeah, uh, well, I'm still in a flank two position. And they said, oh, you're in a flank two position? And Jack kind of, like, almost like rolling his eyes and sighing is like, yes, I'm in a flank two position. And Baresh is just like, this is going wonderfully. Mm, mm. Uh, so CTU go back in. They 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 go to their original attack yeah. point oh, before th- Jack moved them. Just before this, um, the terrorists, they go to uh, Chavensky, find that he's dead, and take a key card from his body, mm. which they then subtly give to one of the hostages, mm. who looks a lot like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah, fuck. Before this, which is something that I think is really fun, is that um, when they first get Jack to call up CTU, they go and get another hostage. It's like, find me another hostage. Mm. And like, um, because we'll keep the boy alive because it keeps Jack in check, yeah. right? So they go and get another hostage, and they they pick the guy that they've given the key they give the key card to, and the and the and Varesh goes, not that one. It's like fine. Yeah. So the the, eff- the effect is like, is like, he's going like he's just really picky about his hostage taking. It's like not this boy, not that man in the yellow shirt. Find me a hostage with some je ne sais quoi. Like, <laughs> he's like going through all of the hostages on shuffle mode, and he just can't find one that fits his mood. <laughs> And, uh, the algorithm always brings you the same six hostages. Yeah. So this guy, this guy is given the keycard and puts it away in the most shifty possible way. Like he stands up and like rummages into his coat and like puts it in there and is like glancing around and sits back down again. Uh, and well, the C- CTU they breach and you get the thing where they you know, the bit where the terrorists think they're going to come in explodes and then they just spend about ten minutes firing at the smoke and then the smoke clears and nobody's there. At which point, a guy body slams a vending machine in full tactical gear so hard that it, like, falls over. I guess they put the vending machine against the door. Yeah. Yeah. And while the vending machine is falling over, uh, he takes out, like, two hostages. Yeah, he does the Jack Bauer, like, me at Airsoft dive. But he does it through a vending machine. It rules. He takes out, like, two hostage takers before it hits the ground. It's very silly and it rocks. Everyone piles in behind him. But the, the thing is that they're doing the, like, I'm going to go Rainbow Six terms. Uh, new listeners, I do this all the time with this show. They're using thermite when they should be using glass. And I'm, I'm, I'm still mad about it. They're breaching the door when they should have had a sniper. Yeah. Uh, but then it's so a Jack, he's, he gets up in the chaos and he gets hold of a gun when a, uh, a terrorist gets shot. And uh, Baresh then, like, he points the gun at Jack and then, like, very theatrically 
turns the gun exactly sideways on his head. <laughs> and then you see Jack like actually close one eye, but it looks like he's winking. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's fucking John Marston. He Red Dead Redemptions the gun out of Barretta's He goes hand. into vats. Yeah, he goes into vats, targets the weapon, and his spurs jingle jangle like the um, the, the gun out of Barretta's hand. And uh, at which point Barretta then just climb, crawls over to a suicide vest and like he he hits the like button and it blows up. Uh, so they, while they're while they're sorting everything out with that, um, uh, the uh, calm Waltings gets the First Lady's aide to say, oh yeah, so she got that phone transcript from the restricted area. And he's like, yeah, because I know she was in there. You lied. It's going to look very badly on you. You know what she's like. And so she's like, okay, yeah, fine. It's in. She's got it in her plot-relevant bra. So he uh, goes to the First Lady, and he, um, he starts asking her questions, like, what does this rag smell of? And she says, chloroform. And uh, as a reward... He gives her the gift of unconsciousness hmm. uh, and takes the transcript. Uh, CTU are mopping up in the airport, though. Yeah. And Jack's like, hey, where's this Quentin Tarantino-looking motherfucker? Where's the guy in the yellow shirt? I saw him put a keycard in there. He yeah. was very suspicious about it. Uh, and we realize that actually, oh, no, this whole hostage-taking thing has just been a wheel within another wheel. Like we're... We're, we're, we're past the first subplot and onto the actual plot. Yeah, uh, twenty four loves to do this. It, it will present us an actual like well, every, plan, and then it will go no, no. That was a distraction, like how season four involved melting down every nuclear reactor in the entirety of the United States, and that was simply a distraction from his real plan, which was to distract them from his real plan. Yeah, his real plan being, of course, to distract them from all of his other mini plans, uh, and that. But that happens with a rhythm of about every four episodes, yeah. which works out great for our recording Yeah, schedule. it's great for us. Uh, so Quentin Tarantino goes into a side hangar where a shifty-looking man brings him down, and then they, we get our first gas mask of the season. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was, I, I was, it's not 24 until I've seen some, some fellas in gas masks. As they, as they open, it looks like uh, John Wick's box of guns from his co- his concreted over basement. Yeah, yeah. I guess this is in another hangar that they was. It's like nearby or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they smash it, the floor open and there's like a like a store of stuff. So he goes into that there and it's opened with the key card they got from the baggage supervisor. Mm. And inside are a lot of little capsules, all with the little has like hazardous. The biohazard symbol. Yeah. It's like it's the it's the nasty gas time. Yeah, it, it's it's poo gas. Yeah, they've that's got, not what you want. Yeah, they they take they've got farts in jars. Yeah, that's not what you want. That's not what you want. You're not what you want. Why are they keeping it in an airport? What's going on there? Well, it's um part of an experimental new thing. There's nothing worse than when somebody farts on a plane and you know you're just going to be having that recirculated fart for the next ten hours. Mm. So they actually take that off and they put it in ah, like okay. And then when that plane lands, they store that. And then they concrete it over. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. Um, so that's what they're stealing. Okay. Uh, and as we realize that, oh no, like the second of what will inevitably be about four or five different plans has started to happen. The, the episode ends and we're forced to, well, we're forced to gather the podcasting plinth. Mm. And listeners, here we are now. Mm. 
I am starting a countdown until I see a very familiar gas mask, shall we say, uh, <laughs> that I mentioned last. I think I mentioned in season three. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm starting it. Starting it until we see a, we see an MSA Millennium or a, or one of its variants because those were around at the time, and it will be very funny to me when they turn up again. Well, um, so this is our first twenty fouring in about a year. Mm. How are you feeling? Um, it's 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 no season four for me yet. But then they often take a while to warm up. Like, I need to get to within, like, the third layer of silly plans for, I think, for it to start to become fully ridiculous. Season four wasn't season four until it, until it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Remember, season three, we had to deal with those incredibly interminable, like, Ramon Salazar. Yeah. Before we ended up getting woke James Bond. Yeah, I think, I think like, this one has, has legs. It's possible that this one is going to be fully ridiculous. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm not quite tired enough or angry enough yet, but we will see how we will see how this how this goes. So far, I know the drill. I guess we've had very few dammits. We've also not really, apart from like the first lady thing, there's not been anything like super unconscionable, like like super annoying for me. Like nothing here is like incredibly politically fucked to make me angry apart from that scene that the writers have done with the first lady yeah this is um almost too cartoonish at this point yeah to actually have bearing on the real world yeah uh well we'll we'll see how long that lasts okay uh sick <laughs> and yeah i i think we're at the uh, damn it counter of only two hmm uh, for surprisingly low Oh yeah, we've had a couple of episodes that just didn't have any. Mm. Uh, maths fans listening will realise that two is less than four, so of course there would need to be a couple. Mm. Uh, well, but yeah, uh, let's carry on. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to know what else happens to Boy Kim, who I think is in the in the running for the very bad, no good, terrible day award so far. But, but there are no bad dads. There are no dads of any nature. Yeah, the no o- dads at all. The only dad that we've even met is Jack. And he's disqualified automatically from the award because it would be too easy. Yeah. And him being a dad, then again, I suppose... Is he a stepdad? Does that now count? No, I don't think it does. No, hey, he's not the stepdad. He's the dad that stepped up. <laughs> I think he is... He's passively... He's, like, passively accruing, like, long-term interest on the bad dad points that he got at the end of last season for not telling Kim he was faking his dad. Oh, God, yeah. No, they just never told Kim. Like he he rang Palmer, not Kim, to say that he was going so, away. And so Kim thinks he's dead. And now that he's back alive again, he didn't like on the drive over to the airport just like send her a text and just be like, "What up, lol?" <laughs> he still hasn't told Kim he's alive. She she sends a text back and like bomb emoji, lion emoji, police car emoji, leg emoji. And he, <laughs> he's like, ah, up to her old. So that that scamp up to our old tricks. Well, uh, this is the season that made me recommend that we do a podcast. Okay, remember? So, okay, right. I'm excited. Uh, it may whether it can live up to prior seasons. I don't know, but this is the one that made what twenty four is reach critical mass in my mind. Okay, all right. I'm excited then. Let's go. Well, S- see you in in in. A while, listeners. For us, four hours. Uh, Until next time, don't stop the party. It's Jack Bauer.